0: You are listening to Girls in Gears with Danielle Musto on Mountain Bike Radio. Special thanks goes out to our episode sponsor, Epic Rides. They are putting on the Grand Junction Off-Road in Grand Junction, Colorado on Friday, May 29th through Sunday, the 31st. So go check them out at epicrides.com. You can also find out more information about the Grand Junction Off-Road specifically at facebook.com slash Offroad. You can also go to the website, epicrides.com, follow Epic Rides on Twitter and Instagram. So, twitter.com slash epicrides, and on Instagram, so instagram.com slash epicrides. So, they've been advertising for a while. You've heard them on a lot of the other podcasts, the intros, and we really appreciate it. So, if you appreciate what they do, putting on all the great races, 24 Hours in the Old Pueblo, Whiskey Off-Road, the Grand Junction Off-Road, and the Tour of the White Mountains. Shoot them an email, info at epicrides.com.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Girls in Gears. I'm Danielle Musto, and with me today is Sarah Raleigh and Elena Forchiali. They are the founders of the Vita Mountain Bike Series, and we're going to talk about some of the clinics and events they have planned this year. First of all, ladies, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank Thank you. you. This is my first show after like the whole winter of racing. So I'm excited to have you ladies to start off with for the summer. Um, Before we talk about the clinic, do you want to just give a little bit of background about yourselves? Um, You can talk, you know, share whatever you want, where you live, your favorite beer, how you got into mountain biking. Um, Sarah, do you want to start? Sure,
2: I'd love to. Yeah, my name's Sarah Raleigh and I live here in Keystone, Colorado. So it's the for me it's the perfect place with access to Keystone Bike Park, high country riding. Um, you know, you have to love skiing to live up here, which fortunately I do. I've been in the bike industry since 2008. I initially worked for Yeti Cycles and uh that's kind of how I got my feet wet with event planning and which kind of segue into, um, you know, starting the Vita mountain bike series. I also am a pretty passionate racer and um, race pro on the enduro circuit, focusing on the big mountain enduro, some EWS events that are um, in North America. And so yeah, there's always so much going on. And And as for my favorite beer, I I do have to say I'm much more of a wine person and uh, in the winter, the occasional sake, because I do work at a sushi restaurant a little bit in the winter. So I do love sake.
1: Nice. How did you get into biking though? Like, I mean, what was, like, did someone introduce it to you or was it just through friends?
2: Yeah, it, it actually I started mountain biking cuz my both my parents mountain bike. So in 2005 um I would occasionally try to take my mom's mountain bike for a ride and she would always, you know, be like, "Hey, you need to get your own bike." So finally I did. And actually one of my first true mountain bike experiences with other women uh was uh at a Dirt Series, which is the first women's mountain bike skills clinic out there. So in a lot of ways, it has come full circle for me. And, you know, for me experiencing that at 18 years old firsthand and feeling that camaraderie, uh, riding with other women, you know, learning with other women, it, it was very impact- impactful for me. Um, You know, fast forward a little bit. I started uh, or that year started racing collegiate mountain bikes and that transitioned into racing road. And then, you know, at that point, I knew that I wanted to get into the cycling industry when I was done with school. So, um, it definitely was a fairly fast track from like picking up a bike for the first time and then racing and having those experiences with a team aspect. But, uh, I, I would definitely say for me, it did start with riding with other women and, uh, really enjoying that experience.
1: And then what about you, Elena?
3: Um, well, I feel that my history with mountain biking, um, comes from much more of an enthusiast perspective as opposed to a professional like Sarah. I, um, I think I took the classic road to mountain biking, which was, um, an ex-boyfriend got me into it a few years ago. I think about five years ago now. Um, but I had always been very passionate about outdoor sports. I was, um, an avid climber and, um, a, Used to be a huge skier, and um, now I'm. I think I surf a little more during the winters than ski. I I spend. Um, I spent this past winter in the Dominican Republic, but it's for for me mountain biking is much more about the community and the life experience and the whole package that it affords. And I have found my best friends through riding bikes, and it's taken me all around the world. And my focus is much more about sharing that lifestyle with other women.
1: And then, so when you, okay, let's, I guess, first of all, let's talk about Vita a bit. So how did the two, who wants to talk about Vita and just kind of give an overview of it? Sarah, do you want to take that or Elena or both of you? Um, Sure. Yeah. You know, and I
2: can talk about, um, you know, a little bit, you know, Elena and I met, Gosh, almost four years ago on a women's <laughs> group ride in Summit County. Um, I definitely saw Sarah riding and I was, and I thought to myself, I need to be friends with her. <laughs> I was so funny I saw Elena riding and I was like, whoa, she is badass. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it, it, it is, yeah, kind of funny how we had like each of these like perceptions of each other. Um, and, you know, we really kind of came together through um, some backcountry skiing. And, you know, sharing some experiences of riding and skiing up here in Summit County. Um, and, you know, it really, you know, with my background in event planning, I'd already been, um, you know, working on some other events. And, um, you know, it just really, we, we worked together really well. And, you know, we both saw a void in, you know, the, there are a lot of women's clinics out there and a lot of really good women's clinics. And, um, so, you know, of course it's, we, we want to add to that. And with Vita, we wanted to create more than just these core clinics. So yes, these clinics are foundation of what we do, but beyond that, our goal is really connecting the dots between women who are all over the country. And I know that there's a lot of really strong groups in here in Colorado, You know, we have, you know, Team Yeti Betty and Wimba and Colorado Springs and a lot of different clubs and different um, cycling communities. But I would say for the most part, there's a lot of women who feel like they're satellites. Um, You know, they're the only women in a group um, or community of guys who ride. and, And our goal is to connect all of them. So, you know, with Vita, it's, our, like I said, our, our clinics are really the core of what we do, but our goal is to create, um, a more connected feeling or and whether or not you want to call it a movement. It is, you know, a place where women can come and feel like, you know, they belong and they find like-minded people. They can come get information. So it really is our goal is to keep evolving this and have Vita become a hub, um, for all women who love mountain biking or cycling in general, uh, to come. And collaborate.
1: And then Elena, do you want to add to that at all or? Yeah. I'm, I, I, I
3: think that there are already, as Sarah said, so many passionate, motivated women that have put their hearts and souls into mountain biking and cycling. And we really want to serve as a resource for them because in my impression, it, it does seem that due to the lack of resources, you can only get so far. So, we do. We, we want to be able to support them and help them grow their own programs too.
1: And so, with VITA, I mean, you have um, a few clinics across the country. Are you two both instructors there, or do you guys run VITA and then have different instructors teaching at different locations?
2: You know, for the most we, part, Elena and I are running the events. Um, okay. You know, we are able to jump in and coach, um, you know, when needed and, uh, but there's so much that goes on behind the scenes, um, especially with some of our larger events, like for example, at Keystone, which is, um, you know, we call it our flagship event. It's, you know, where I'm headquartered and, you know, a lot of our business operates out of, um, we'll see upwards of a hundred women. Um, so I've, I've put on other women's clinics in the past, but you know, this is 2015 is the first year for Vita. So, you know, I do know that it will, it will draw almost hundred women. So, you know, there's a lot of production that goes on behind the scenes to accommodate everyone and, and make sure everything runs really smoothly. We are so proud of our coaches. You know, we, they come from, you know, all over for our Colorado clinics. We are, most of our coaches are from Colorado. You know, we have some from Moab, Utah, um, other places in Utah, and kind of this Rocky Mountain region. And all of them come from different backgrounds. Some are racers, some are dirt jumpers. Some are I've spent a lot of years just teaching and refining that skill set. And, and um, you know, all of them are certified either MBA or PMBI. And they they bring such a light to the clinics because they all have different experiences. Um, that all of our participants can relate to as well.
1: So, Elena, like, the women who are coming to the clinics, do you see, like, a variety? Or, I mean, like, what, what kind of skill levels are coming? We see an enormous variety. I would say that as far as skill level goes, we don't tend to attract
3: the never evers or women that weren't previously riders, but are more interested in, in trying it out. Um, if I had to make a generalization about ability level, I would say that we're definitely, um, we we attract more intermediate through advanced riders, which we are very, very happy about that. Um, Th- we think that there are more opportunities for beginner women, um, and then fewer opportunities for women that have experience and a certain skill level to really progress those skills. So, um, we, we are set up to accommodate anyone. Um, but that, that tends to be the, um, demographic that we see at our clinics. We, we do, we get, we get a lot of women that have been riding for, 10, 20 years even that come to our clinics. And they are very surprised that when they get moved up into the more advanced groups, that there's still more to learn. I think that some of them are used to, you know, being put in the highest level at other clinics and not really progressing and learning. So that for us is really great, positive feedback that we're happy about. Um, in terms of age, that is something that has really surprised us. We actually, um, I mean, it does, it does vary depending on the region that we're operating in, but we have seen a huge increase in women over 50 and 60 that are coming into mountain biking later in life and they are completely stoked on it. So that's also, you know, that's very awesome for us. <laughs>
1: That's, that's really cool. And then like women who are coming to these clinics, what can they expect? Because I was looking online and, um, at the clinic and it seems like, like you were saying, you're teaching more of a lifestyle. So it's not just, you know, going out and riding. It seems like you offer like, I think acupuncture, yoga, happy mm-hmm. hours. Um, Sarah, do yes. you just kind of want to, do you want to like walk some, like walk us through like what a two day clinic would look like? It, yeah. Um,
2: so our two-day clinics, we like to think of them as a destination and, you know, just generalizing, you know, women are always so busy and generally we're the caretakers of our families or of our communities. So I have always thought of these events as, you know, this is a place where they can come and be taken care of. And so that's something that, you know, Elena and I really think through all the details on. So on Friday... You know, women can have the option to check in early and enjoy a happy hour where we make name plates and, and our name plates are, uh, essentially a giant glorified, um, you know, name sticker that our coaches can use to learn everyone's names throughout the weekend. And it's just that evening's a really good way to break the ice because You know, if everyone shows up Saturday morning and they're not quite sure what to expect, there's always a lot of nervous energy. So it gives people a chance to meet some of the coaches and to meet people and see who's going to be in their groups. Um, and then on Saturday, we, people will check in, um, early in the morning and we will offer a light breakfast. Um, you know, some people choose to eat ahead of time, but it is there. And again, it's a great way for people to, um, mingle meet their coach, get everything dialed in. Um, You know, we do have a little bit of a tech expo space. So, you know, some of our vendors who may be there to help with tech support can help get bikes dialed. Um, Yeti Cycles is title sponsor of the Vita Mountain Bike Series. And so they will be at most of our events with demo bikes. So women will get a chance to check out the bikes and, um, you know, possibly get on one for the weekend. So as they kind of move through everything – um, you know, we allow about two hours to go through the morning process and then we bring everyone together. And for us, that's this big moment of like, Oh my gosh, look, like, especially at Keystone, there's a hundred women here ready to ride bikes and learn and have a great weekend together. So it really is a profound moment to see everybody come together in one space. Um, from there, we introduce all the coaches and put everybody into their groups and then they um you know hit the mountain either you know in a skills area working on fundamental skills and drills um getting up on the trails we bring everybody together for lunch uh, also included in the in the uh clinic registration is having lunch and that's a good time for everyone to come together and and then you know behind the scenes um uh, you know that's where we check in with all the coaches and making and make sure that all the groups are running smoothly. You know, sometimes, you know, we do our best to group people based on how they fill out their survey um, with coaches and with other participants. But, you know, inevitably there's a little shuffling around. So we take that um Saturday lunchtime to help accommodate that. And then everyone goes and hits the trails in the afternoon. On Saturday, we offer optional yoga um, around three thirty PM, and um, and then everybody comes back together around four thirty. We wrap up the day. We do a big raffle, and then we offer tech clinics. So you know, there's so many things that go into mountain biking. Obviously, people came to learn skills, um, and confidence, and become more proficient. At mountain biking, but there's you know so many things to know about maintenance and you know training and taking care of your body, preventing injuries. Um, so, you know, what another one of our sponsors is Stan Snow Tubes. We do a clinic on you know how to convert and go tubeless. So, we um, love to incorporate that additional education into the clinics as well. And then what we find is a lot of women on Saturday evening get together on their own and go out to dinner and hang out. Um, you know, Saturday or sorry, Sunday is a little bit different because everybody's already checked in. You know, they come and get breakfast again, um, get into their groups a little bit quicker and, um, you know, really spend most of Sunday on the trails. Sometimes this means that they have a pack lunch with them and they are out on the trails all day if we're at a resort where things are a little more centrally located um coaches and their groups come and get lunch together and then again we wrap up the day um around 4 30 p.m and do another big raffle um and give away prizes from our sponsors and then you know whoever wants to hang around and ask questions and talk to vendors um you know we definitely like to facilitate that as long as needed so people feel like they can you know. Get all their questions answered. So it is a big weekend. And I would say the feedback I get from our coaches is there is never enough time. Um, so that's why uh, with our upcoming um, five clinics, uh, we are next, we're going to Valmont and Boulder, Colorado, May 16th and 17th, Bear Creek Lake Park, a part of the Betty Bike Bash on June 13th, Keystone, June 20th and 21st. Um, we are announcing our um, I guess, fourth and final Colorado stop, uh, uh, either this week or next week. So I can't release that detail yet. And then we will, um, finish up in Duluth, Minnesota, August 29th and 30th, which we are really excited to come to Duluth. We, um, you know, it is such an amazing place for mountain biking and definitely a little bit out of, you know, the region that we've, um, have worked in, uh, but we just, we couldn't be more excited to go there.
1: I wanted to ask you guys a little bit about that because I'm looking at your previous clinics and the clinics coming up. They're all more mountain. Are you guys going to adjust? Like, have you ridden in Duluth before? 99% sure Sarah hasn't been there.
3: I definitely haven't been to Duluth. (laughs) Um, Uh We have um, Amy Thomas is part of the Betty Bike Bash, and she's um, one of the founders of the, the Yeti Betty team, and she has very very close ties to Duluth. She grew up there. So um, she was definitely an inspiration in wanting us um, to, um, you know, expand our sphere into the Midwest. And what it really came down to for Duluth is that, you know, we'd been hearing so many stories about the passionate communities there and we, we felt that it was time to recognize them and especially to bring opportunities for women in the Midwest and in Duluth to progress more and build their skills. So we have not yet been there personally. Um, I am headed out um, in May, so probably won't be riding since I hear it's still very cold at that time of year and unreliable, uh, but um, we definitely have our sights on
1: that. Nice, yeah. I mean, from a purely unbiased point of view. I Midwest <laughs> and there is like a huge cycling scene around here. I was just wondering, um I noticed that at your other clinics, it seems like um a lot of the women are riding like all like mountain bikes. You mentioned like I think like three to six inches of suspension. And I was wondering if you could just kind of share like maybe three or four um drills that you think women like from intermediate from beginner to advanced like can always work on and that you teach at your clinics that will just always help you improve (laughs) on the trail i don't know sarah do you maybe want to cover two, and then elena okay sure um excuse me i'm Um, just gonna take a sip of water here
2: um yeah so you know I can't stress enough how all abilities, whether you are just getting on a mountain bike or if you've been riding for 10, 15, 20 years, how important the fundamental skills are. Um, So, you know, I I would say working from, you know, the ground up with, um, you know, the one thing that we do start with is bike body separation. So that's kind of, that starts creating the relationship between you and your bike so a lot of, you know, new riders that we, uh, that we'll see or new riders that I've ridden with. Um, a lot of times people are nervous and they're scared and everything tenses up in their body and they're not moving, but it is so important to be really dynamic on the bike and being able to move that bike underneath you side to side, forward and back. So all of our groups, no matter what level they are, they begin with bike body separation drills. So just moving the bike, you know, you know, right and left and fore and aft and getting used to be, to moving that from there, um, a lot of our groups will progress into um, some cornering drills. So again, you know, the cornering drill is really an extension of the bike body separation, being able to lean the bike away from you um, to the inside of the corner and um, but also incorporating your vision where you're looking. So a lot of times, you know, you hear, you know, where you look is where you go. And that couldn't be any more true. You know, if you find yourself in a situation where you're riding a skinny, and if you get nervous and you look down, chances are you might ride off the skinny in that direction. So, you know, where you look, um, is it's, it also kind of represents that, you know, you're, you're looking towards your goal, your sights are set on where, what you want to accomplish. So a lot of what we integrate into these skills and drills are as, you know, building the confidence to, um, work on these skills. And, you know, if if um, you know, if it's getting up and over a log, by the time you're at the log, you no longer want to be looking at the log. You're looking at beyond where you want to end up. So, um, that's going to go kind of into the next drill, um, is a lot of times we are working on getting up and over maneuvers. So, um, you know, there's two, um, you know, there's a, there's a manual and a bunny hop. So we're getting into more uh, advanced skills, but I think a lot of these are really applicable to a lot of people because a lot of people, you know, they want to get up and over a log. They want to learn how to go through a rock garden. And, um, you know, if you're going downhill, a manual is where you are lifting the front wheel up for a period of time. And a lot of times women think it takes a lot of upper body strength to get the front end of the bike up. And, and while, you know, it is true that, you know, you are using your arms and you are using, um, you know, those muscles, um, you know, a true manual is really coming from your legs and your hips. And so that's whereas, you know, as women, like we, our advantage there is we have really generally very strong, like legs and hips. That's where we carry a lot of our muscle mass. So we definitely want to use that to our advantage. And, um, so it is, you know, loading the suspension of the bike and pushing it away from you and out in front, and you know, and this is where manuals. You know, I am always working on manuals. When I um, come back from a ride, I, I'm fortunate where I can ride single track from my house, and I come back into my neighborhood on the pavement, and I'll spend five minutes just ripping manuals. You know, basically in front of my house, um, in the street, and really working on trying to get you know your weight over your. Rear tire, because you're just adjusting your balance point backwards to getting that front up and feeling balanced. And then a bunny hop is after you have the manual down is basically incorporating a manual straight into a rear wheel lift. Um, so I, I know I skipped some steps in there because before you really get to a manual, you work on front wheel lifts and rear wheel lifts. But, you know, it's kind of just an example of progression going from like very basic fundamental skills um to more advanced skills and and then once you um you know are feeling proficient on you know manuals and bunny hops that's where you can start doing um, you know, advanced features like jumps and drops. So a lot of times we have women who have been riding for a long time, and they have their sights set on like, I want to do that three foot drop today, or I want to learn how to hit that jump line. But before we can get there, we have to work on these skills first, because those translate into being able to work on those features safely.
1: Ellen, is there anything that you want to add to that? Yeah, actually, um, I want to
3: expand on something that Sarah touched on, which is how important vision is. I always thought that you either were born with good vision and you had the good ability to see down the trail. I thought that it was something innate, but um, it wasn't until recently, actually, that I realized that this is something that you can practice. You can improve your vision on the trail. And one way that um, somebody can start working on this is by placing cones or some kind of marker on the ground and start by walking your bike and choose um, a, a point of sight, probably 50 feet ahead of you, maybe more, it, that's, it doesn't matter, and keep your eyes focused on that point in the distance and walk your bike towards your cones and stop once you get to the cones are. And what this will do is in my experience and for me is it helped me build confidence in my peripheral vision. And I didn't need to stare at something in order to get over it. And my body actually knew exactly where it was. So you can start by walking your bike and then ride your bike and just break when you get to these, to these cones and then you can translate that onto the trail in some flatter safer sections practice looking very far ahead but you know not you don't want to break in the middle of a rock garden but practice responding to things on the trail in, in essentially without looking at them and that helped me develop um my vision a lot better when i was riding and the only other thing that i would recommend it's it's not a um it it's not a a skill drill, but I suggest that everybody that has access to a pump track get in there. They're not only super fun and a great workout, but that is what is really going to give you the best bang for your buck in terms of getting that bike body separation and moving your bike around underneath you and pumping and then cornering. So definitely if, get in the pump track as much as possible.
1: That's actually, that's something that I need to do more uh, frequently. So we have <laughs> It's we have one that, and I, there are times where I feel like out of control. Like if I get a little air, I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> but I know that's all just um, practice. What was the hardest thing for the two of you? Like on a personal level, like what was one, one thing that took a long time for you to learn or something that you were afraid of? Sarah, do you want to go first? Sure.
2: I mean, I come from a cross country race background and it, and it really wasn't until, um, you know, just over three years ago that I started dabbling in a little bit more of the gravity world with enduro racing. And so for me, it was, it was getting my wheels off the ground. And, um, and and I think it was, it's been drops and that's been, you know, and I'm still, you know, working on it and raising that bar of what's in my comfort level and, you know, jumps. Um, you know, I've fortunately, I have a dirt park jump, um, fairly close. Uh, Obviously it's not open this time of the year, but in the summer and, and to me, even though that there's actually, uh, one of our really good, um, jumping coaches, Wendy Palmer from, uh, Moab, Utah, you know, that's, she always tells me, well, like, well, that's the most advanced skill that we're teaching because you have the takeoff and the landing, whereas drops, you know, it's, you're more concerned about just the landing, but, for me drops, it's, it's this feeling of, you know, you I I guess I used to feel like I was just dropping off like the face of the earth and what was going to happen. And, um, so whereas like I, I felt for whatever reason, more comfortable with takeoffs on jumps. And, uh, and, and I think the biggest thing that helped me get my head around that is, um, you know, not so much focusing on what's you know, the the distance that I'm covering or how long I'm in the air or, you know, it's, it's more, you know, having the same, um, you know, practice down with what's going to happen uh, before I take off, when I take off and what's going to happen when I land and what's going to be my exit. So the most important thing is a lot of people can do drops and land it. And then what happens is after they land it, they're like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? I forgot to make that turn. I'm about to crash into that tree. I'm not in control. I grabbed my brakes too hard or I didn't grab them enough. So just really having a plan from the start to the finish on executing it and really knowing your exit. And for me, what's always helped when there's a new feature that I feel like that I'm ready to accomplish, I'm always running through it in my head again and again and again. And even though I've never hit it, by the time that I hit it, I've ran through it in my head maybe 50 times. And, and, and I know it's, it sounds funny. I think this kind of comes from, you know, my racing background and ski racing. I have always used visualization to help me, um, kind of get to that next step of something that's out of my comfort zone. So my old goal is always by the time I actually physically hit it, I've already done it many times and I know that what's going to happen every second. Of the, I guess, of what I'm trying to do.
1: And what about you, Elena? Did you have like something that was hard to, <laughs> hard I, to learn, everything or is hard? Okay, <laughs> everything was hard, and everything is scary.
3: I, I, don't think that mountain biking is an intuitive sport at all, and, mm-hmm. um. So I think that the biggest challenge for me was getting to that point of commitment when you choose a line and to feeling comfortable going into something, to a section or a feature, knowing that if once I start, I, for me, the hardest thing was definitely letting go of the brakes in certain situations and then really trusting my equipment and my skills get me through something because there was no going back. There's no taking a foot out. You know, there's no stopping halfway. Um, But again, that is one of those things that I, I, like, I thought it, it was all natural ability. I thought that, you know, you either had it or you didn't, but everything can be worked on, you know, your, your fear when you come into things, because I'm literally afraid of everything on the trail. But that is something that you can work on. It's something that you can develop, how you manage those feelings, and then how you use them to your advantage.
1: And that's something that you also teach at the clinic, too, is like the mental aspect, right? Like how to let go of fear and how to commit? Absolutely. I mean, letting
3: fear is also obviously addressed through um practice and doing something repeatedly and having confidence going into it um but women tend to have much a confidence that's much lower than their actual ability level and at vita we want i mean we want to improve your experience as a whole on the trail and it's impossible to do that without addressing these um, more emotional and psychological components; those are a very, very important part of our curriculum.
1: I have to say, your Vita, your mountain bike clinics sound kind of like just like my bike heaven. Like I wish I could just live <laughs> at them.
2: <laughs> Come to all of them, like <laughs> yeah, in a and perfect world. <laughs> we that that's
3: definitely a powerful draw. We get a lot. I'd say the majority of our customers and participants so far are women that want to get better riding the bike. We also get a lot of women that come to our clinics for the simple joy of just riding with other women and for being part of our community and for having that experience. A lot of people don't have other groups of women riders to go with on a regular basis. So that's definitely something we hear a lot is, I, you know, I, I just want to meet other women that, you know, I can regular basis and share these experiences.
1: That's what I think is so cool about it. Um, A lot of times if I go do, you know, a ride with my friend, we'll have so much fun with my friends. We'll have fun. And we'll kind of want to keep going, but we have to go home and, you know, return to life responsibilities. So I think this would be like the ultimate vacation in a way, because you'd be able to ride with your friends, you know, conquer some skills, work on skills. But then afterwards, you can hang out, talk about it, have food, you know. And like we were saying, go to yoga and just kind of like really embrace like just like that awesome weekend lifestyle of like relaxing and, and kind of just building on each other's enthusiasm. For people like
3: us, I, I I get to experience this on a regular basis. I have a lot of friends that ride bikes really hard. I mean, Sarah's a perfect example. So I get that. A lot, but a lot of women don't. They don't know that there are other women out there that are exactly like them and they don't really know how to find each other. And that for me is the part that I love most about Vita is connecting these women so that they can, yes, come to our events and learn something new but that then they can go home and they have these new friendships and they're more aware of everybody else that's out there and they can keep you know these rides going and continue to stay engaged within the sport.
1: And then Sarah you had mentioned ambassadors and I noticed that on your website you have I want to say like maybe like 15ish ambassadors can you kind of explain what that's about?
2: Um and I'll I'll explain a little bit and then let Elena take it over cuz truthfully okay. it's, it's she she manages our ambassador program, but it you know, the whole point of that was to have key women in communities and in areas that obviously we can't be in all the time. Um, because we have ambassadors that are spanning, you know, all the way across the country. And I believe, Elena, correct me if I'm wrong, we're at about twenty five or so.
3: Twenty seven.
2: Wow. Oh wow. Not, sorry,
3: I'm working and, on it.
2: Yeah, and, and the whole goal with our ambassadors is that you know, they're women who can, on a regular basis, uh, lead up group rides and get togethers and to be a point of contact of reference for women who are new to the sport and want to know how to get involved and, and to keep women engaged on a regular basis. So I'll let Elena take it from here a little bit because it's really, I, I can't take credit for, her, for it. It was her idea to start and she's done an amazing job of helping. Um, you know, of getting this started and growing the program. So
3: our ambassadors are essentially a reflection of our core values. And we, 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 I mean, a lot of them come to us. Which is fantastic. We'll, we'll get emails from women from all, all across the country saying, I love writing and I want to do these things. I want to be more involved. What can I do in my community to help inspire and promote this movement? So it's, it's, it's so passionate. And these are women that are already out there doing very cool things. You know, they're, um, spearheading, um, Advocacy initiatives. they are um, coaching uh, juniors. a lot of them work with underprivileged youth um, and what they'll help us do with Vita is to help keep that engagement beyond the clinic and to help be that reference point for you. So when you go back to Indiana, we have an ambassador there that will lead group Rise and she can be your reference point and and help you just stay connected to the community as a whole. And we have ambassadors of all different ages, all different skill levels, and also all different interest levels. Some of them you know, race endurance, some of them race pro-enduro, some of them have never raced and don't want to race at all. And that's fine because our ambassadors represent all the different facets that there are to the women's mountain biking community. We all know that there's not one kind of woman rider. And we want our ambassadors to reflect all these different perspectives so that women from all around the world can see them and hear about what they're doing, connect with them and understand that there's a place for them within the community and within Vita.
1: That sounds really incredible. I am so glad that you guys are expanding to the Midwest. (laughs) And then (laughs) um, if, if people are interested in your clinics, um, where should they go to sign up?
2: Um, our website, www.vidamtb.com. So it's V-I-D-A-M-T-B.com um, is where they can go and see information about each of our venues. You can also register on our website right there. Um You can also find information about our ambassadors. We are always posting content to our blog, which we've named The Parking Lot. It's, you know, the things that you talk about in the parking lot before you ride and after you ride. Um, and we also have um, a lot of just good uh, information on our website. We're also, you know, across the social media. So we are on Facebook at Vita MTB and we're on Twitter at Vita MTB series and Instagram at Vita MTB series. So, you know, of course, a part of the job is, being uh, keeping a regular voice, um, but it's also where we can, you know, post the latest information, inspiring articles, feature our ambassadors, and then, you know, keep, just keep people updated with what's going on in our world.
1: Awesome. And then, Elena, is there anything that you want to add? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sarah <laughs> oh. covered <laughs> Okay, good. Our <laughs> our uh, show is coming to a close, but I would love to have you ladies on, and maybe another month. And I was thinking maybe we could get someone who goes to one of your clinics on as well, just to get her point of view.
2: Oh, we would love like awesome. that. We're actually just talking about how you know important the perspective of a participant is, and when talking about some upcoming media projects. So that that would be awesome And I'm, I'm sure we, we could get somebody who would love to join.
1: Okay, that would be awesome. And, and maybe what we could do too is just have people who aren't able to make a clinic in the near future write in with maybe like something that they're struggling with, and maybe you guys could give a few tips as well. I think that'd be sweet. That would yeah. be awesome. All right, well, thank you. Thank both of you ladies for taking the time.
0: They had a little technology issue at the end of that episode, so they didn't get a chance to properly wrap it up. So I want to end that episode by saying thanks for listening. I appreciate all the support of mountain bike radio. If you appreciate all the shows, this one, including all the recent ones, all of the 300 and so episodes that we've done over the last uh, two years, head over to com slash membership. That's your way to give back and get a bunch of stuff in return. I'd also like to thank Epic rides for sponsoring this episode. So head over to EpicRides.com. Again, thanks for listening and come back soon.